and welcome into another episode of the NFL Show on the Tell Me More podcast. I'm your host, Mac Moore, here again with Bobby G. How's it going, Bobby? It's going pretty good. I broke the new pay scale system for where I work already, where I purposely took today off and i'm going to end up making more money by taking a day off it's beautiful it's we're not going to get into the the depths of it but all that matters is i am a genius and you know you should just relish in my brilliance mac okay i'll think about that i'll put that on the docket just put just put it up on a sticky note somewhere all right so uh we're gonna get started we're talking about uh what happened week four action of the nfl and then later on in the podcast we'll look ahead to week five see what's going down uh this one you you guys know the drill at this point i'm a Chiefs fan bobby's a patriots fan we're gonna start out and two what we'd call close games but we'll start with the one with more points on the board and uh wasn't a garbage fire uh chiefs versus lions i'll start out mia culpa time uh if you guys listened to me either last week talking with bobby on the uh podcast or if you guys listened in as we went on radioactive sports with justin pemberton on espn 1510 is that the did i get it right no just go with it just sounds right it's on like two channels and i I never remember because it's two i don't remember one uh (laughs) so uh so anyways check that out he's uh, he's on soundcloud so that's where i that's where i generally listen not telling you not to listen uh at 6 a.m uh on saturday on espn 1510 but uh, you can find us online. Uh, it, it was a good episode. I had a good time. Bobby, you have a good time on that one? I always have a good time on there. Well, if, you, if uh, anybody listened to either one of those shows, uh, I was very negative on the Lions. I was very mean. And this is, uh, even as they lost the game against the Chiefs, I have to apologize because uh, they brought it. They they came in. They were firing. Obviously, uh, there was some action in the middle of the game that ended up deciding it uh, that was uh, sloppy on both sides. But for the most part, Matt Stafford came in, and he played lights out. Probably played the best game of his career. On the other side, Chiefs, Patrick Holmes, it's a short career, but Patrick Holmes maybe played his worst game. Yeah, I could agree. I could probably agree with that stat-wise. He probably played his worst game, but I think that the— uh... The Lions had a really unique defensive scheme with the two QB spy, and it worked. Yeah, and I mean the, the, that offensive line still broken down. Uh, you're starting to see when teams come in with the right game plan. Uh, the missing Tyree Kill, uh, Miko Hardman, just is uh, not good enough right now to be the guy who takes the top off the defense, even when he's doing some of the right stuff. Uh, it just seems like Patrick Mahomes and Hardman are not on the same page quite yet, and. Uh, you, you and I was saying it mostly to just say his worst game was still good enough to win a shootout with Matt Stafford on his A game, which is probably the best part. Is his worst game is still not really a problem. Uh, if you look at the TDs, I think we're all smart enough to know. You know, he didn't score a TD on the the game winning drive. Patrick Mahomes won the game for the Kansas City Chiefs. We know that. We don't need to look at stats and pretend. Oh, look, is is uh, how did he not score a touchdown? He threw 315 yards, uh, seven and a half yard average. So the type of game that's below his performance, but not a bad game by any standard. If you look at QBR, his was actually 77.1. Matt Stafford's was 73.2. So in terms of the game, uh, he did what he needed to do, got enough out of the running game. Patrick Mahomes himself ran for 54 yards. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, 56. Darrell Williams had an awful game, but got two touchdowns. So fantasy-wise, he did great. (laughs) And they found a way to win that game. And one of the things we want to talk about, part of Patrick Mahomes having one of his worst games and still find a way to come out on top in this one. The defense, uh, still not playing great, still really badly. Need Mo Claiborne, who's coming off suspension, will be back this week. And if he, if he's any good at all, pair him up with 
uh, Rashad Breland, who is maybe one of the, I mean, it's Chris Jones is the defensive MVP right now, but uh, Breland's not that far behind. And if you can get two cornerbacks that don't suck, instead of it just being one that's pretty good and they're just tearing everybody else apart, this defense can probably put it together. Still need Frank Clark to come out of witness protection. But, <laughs> like... All right, that one was good. So all of a sudden, this team, like, the defense was always the problem. The defense was the thing that could be in trouble. And now you have a game where the offense is not playing the way it needs to, and they find a way to win because the defense came through. And that's not just Breland's 100-yard return. Like, there were plays on third down where the Lions just got punked by a defense that blitzed. Isn't that crazy? If you have a defensive coordinator that's not scared to blitz, like, that can be beneficial to a defense. Like, you don't even need them to be a top-flight defense with a bunch of great players. If you know how to use Tyran Matthew to come in on a blitz and to, you know, take out Matt Stafford before he has any chance to get to a second read. When you have plays where... I think there was one where Daniel Sorensen, and this wasn't third down, this was like second down, but there was a play where Daniel Sorensen uh, like blitzed off of, actually that might have been a third. He was following the receiver uh, across the field, and so when they put the receiver in motion, Matt Stafford assumes that's not going to be a blitz. Daniel Sorensen isn't going to, like, you're not going to have a blitz plan from the left side and do it from the right. Daniel Sorensen came from the right side, and Matt Stafford didn't know what the hell to do. So plays like that where the defensive coordinator is actually being smart, and he knows, especially right now, where you don't really have those pass rushers. Like, you have Chris Jones, and he's getting double teamed and getting killed, and you have to find a way to occasionally get him in uh, single you know, coverage, get one guy on him, and when you do, Chris Jones will destroy them, as we saw just multiple times in this game against the Lions. And then you have plays where, yeah, Frank Clark, I don't know what the issue is. I don't know what they need to do to fix it. I don't know if it's that contract year that you thought you were avoiding by getting rid of D4 and you just got another guy that got paid and he doesn't care. I don't know what it is, but it's not going well and they really need him to step up. But if he like if he does and if Mo Claiborne is uh, you know, as good as advertised, which isn't like, you know, all pro, not a pro bowl player that they're talking about, but just a guy who's not awful. If he can be as good as advertised, not awful, this defense is where they need to be. And I assume the offense is just going to get better as the offensive line. You know, if you can get uh, Eric Fisher back, if you can even just get some of these guys to gel a little bit more because they've been thrown together and they haven't really played together that much. And Patrick Mahomes is slowly but surely looking uh, like he doesn't have the limp. So uh, I think once you have all that together, this is a Chiefs team that's on the up, 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 up. And then now we have across the way the Patriots who had just been dismantling the league in a 16 to 10 win over the Bills. And Bobby, I'll give you actually, which one do you want to do first? You want to tell me why the Patriots? I want to tell you why. I want to tell you why the fuck kickers. That's what okay. I want. That's what I assume. That's I'll why. let you go on your rant. It's not even a rant. It's just at this point, I am tired of losing because kickers can't make an extra point. Even Butker missed a field goal, I believe. The spread on the both the Patriots and the Chiefs game was seven. I only tweeted out like three times over the weekend, and they were all, or four times. One was during the KU game about uh, kicking a field goal down 28 to nothing in the second quarter. And and then uh, three were about the Chiefs where it's like, you should outlaw field goals. And yeah, then I retweeted and said, my opinion hasn't changed. And that was after a field goal was made. And then, From like the five-yard line. That's yeah. such a little dick energy <laughs> from Andy <laughs> Reid. But that is such an Andy Reid move. And, you know, there should just be a, there should just be a rule in Vegas that somehow, some way, if you lose a bet because a kicker misses an extra point, said kicker has to send you whatever you lost in bets. 
It should just be an automatic push. But we're moving on from just my hatred of kickers, and we're going to talk about the Patriots. I brought it up last week with the Edelman injury and Devlin out that this Patriots offense was going to be a little limited. And you thought I was just doing the uh, Bobby double jinx or whatever you call it. Still doing the double jinx. Yeah, still doing the double jinx. But we, we saw this Patriots team against a really good defense. And they were as limited as I thought they were going to be. And it was it was even worse without Gronk because I thought at least Michelle would have a decent game. I didn't think he was going to have a good game. But, I mean, this ru- this running game without Devlin ba- basically vanished. And we're, we're seeing how just absolutely uh, dominant Gronkowski was in this offense, even when he wasn't in the passing game, because he basically was that six lineman on the field opening holes. They don't have that on the offense right now. They don't even have, like, Five healthy linemen. They don't have Andrews, and the left tackle Newhouse is still new to the system. But at at the very least, if essentially with Brady's worst game in his career, or one of the worst games in his career, he had that. I mean, he had that awful pick in the. It was from like the two yard line. He was just staring down his receiver, and Micah Hyde picked him off. That's also another reason I didn't get the spread. But you know, we're gonna get the confirmation bias and pick on the kickers. Why not? Let's go for it. But the defense still absolutely dominated uh, Josh Allen and Matt Barkley. That uh, the hit that took out Josh Allen may have been a little iffy, but you know that's what happens when you're a quarterback and you lower your head and you don't get down. You know we're going to move on from that. But even even through it all, I think the Patriots to me are still the same team I thought they were. They're going to be you know the Patriots of like 2009 on offense where they could do the things they want. If they can get over the middle, they can run the ball a little bit, but they still don't have anyone on the outside. They have Josh Gordon, but for some reason, he kind of just like absolutely vanished. I don't know what happened to him. So, you know, they got the Redskins, so at least that's a positive. Yeah, and that'll just be, you know, should be a freebie win for them. In terms of the Bills, it's really hard because they were a 3-0 team. That defense is really good. So how much do you take away from the Patriots that can only win by six and how much they found a way to beat an undefeated team despite the fact that Tom Brady uh, threw for only 150 yards, no touchdowns and interception. Uh, one of the worst games of Tom Brady's career. And I'm not, not saying it in a, he, you know, he's finally old now. So thing. he's hit the cliff. It, we, we could start to do that dumb thing. He went up against a defense that was, one, ready to play, two, really good, and three, like you said, they had just lost pieces. So as you're trying to figure out how you move from there, like, this team was not ready to go. And on the other side of the ball, uh, the Bills' offense uh, was, you know, nothing to write home about except for the fact Frank Gore, uh, 109 yards on a 6.4 average. Like, they found a way to keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands, which we've seen that before. Tom Brady faced a bad defense. If you give him enough possessions, he will find a way to score more than you. And the Bills almost found a formula to keep themselves in a very ugly game to win. They come up short. Patriots find a way to win. And I think going forward, I think, you know, if, if you think this is the Patriots you're going to get, if you're, if you're licking your lips to face the Patriots now because you think they're going to be as bad as they were in this game, you're an idiot. So, like, this game doesn't mean that much. All it means is this, this is the one time that black and white is all that matters. They got the win. And they got the win. Like, we can talk shit about the Bills all day. They were 3-0 going into this <laughs> game. Patriots got a way to, to stay on top of their division, to get the win, and going forward, uh, they'll, they'll find a way to fix some of the issues. Uh, I don't imagine Sonny Michel is always going to look as bad as he looked. I know it, it's like a correction from where people might have thought Sonny Michel's level was. 
he's just not a very good NFL running back. He's that much worse when he doesn't have a really good fullback blocking for him and in this situation. But I, I don't think he's as bad as what we saw in that game. I don't think that's where it is. You know I, what I mean? I think he's above average, but the problem is uh, I saw a stat. Supposedly, he hasn't forced a missed tackle all year. I don't, I don't know if that's right. It might be. I don't it's, know if I was seeing career, or I thought it was like this year, like this miss, e- miss tackles yeah. per touch, and his is like point five or something. No, it's point zero five. Well, whatever. Whatever so, the number. The point is you have to have done one to get a number. It would just be zero if he didn't yeah, I saw, break any tackles. I saw the point zero five, and then right under that, someone's like, no, he hasn't forced a miss tackle yet. This might be one of those weird, like, people want to be their own uh, stat keepers, even though it's a shitty job. Don't go for it. Uh, uh, they just decide, no, this one wasn't a, a broken tackle because da, 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 <laughs> it's like, shut up. Uh, it, whatever the number was, it's not good for him. And yeah, he's he's not having a great year. And luckily, they don't run the ball that often. Uh, just throw it to James White out of the backfield. That seems to be uh, a much better plan. Uh, similar thing happened, not to go back to the Chiefs for too long, but that's what they were doing. Is like Part of it was the run game was improved this week. Uh, part of it was actually getting the ball out to LaShawn McCoy and Darrell Williams out of the backfield, figuring out that that perfect Andy Reid style, the one that 10 years ago lost you f- important football games. Now is just smart football. Why run the ball? Never do it. Just pass. Occasionally let your quarterback run for a first down. Makes a lot of sense to me. And I, I do want to touch on the point. Uh, how how are the Lions and the Chargers still like somehow one in the same, no matter what, what team's playing? The Lions slash Chargers had a lead late in the game, score with like two minutes left, and I'm like, it doesn't matter. The Lions the slash Chargers, they're not going to win. They never win these games. Yeah, there was that was not more true than like uh, it was fourth and eight on that final drive for the Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes runs for a first down. Uh, it was a moment where a lot of people was like, things have changed for the Chiefs. Like you would have never imagined this. Like a quarterback where you're on fourth and eight and you're you're fans still believe they're not sitting there and they're like oh there's no way we're gonna do this like no matter the situation you believe in this team it's like yeah that's part of it also it's because they're facing the lions so i just believe <laughs> that the lions are gonna break down yeah for not to get back into that game too bad i mean you're doing the cube two qb spy all game and then they were like fourth and eight ah screw it let's just do a man all across the board and not not account for the qb at all it was crazy, and then on a three-man rush, so they should have had at least one guy for the QB spot. But yeah, no, uh, I I think they thought they assumed it was just gonna have to be a pass at fourth and eight, and it's like eight yards is not too far to run. Patrick Mahomes is not Matt Stafford. I guess that's probably the problem is they 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 think all quarterbacks are as bad running the ball as uh, their quarterback is. They they probably saw some Alex Smith tape, and they were like, it's eight yards. He's not gonna throw it that far downfield either way. All right, so. Next up, I don't have a lot of great plans. I was trying to look at different games. I know Eagles-Packers we sort of talked about on uh, Justin's show. Uh, only thing I cared about was that I dropped Jordan Howard in both leagues before he goes off for three touchdowns. Well, it, it doesn't matter. You know what? This is like I'm going to go into like a little fantasy football rant a little bit because this is such like smart energy with people, mainly my work league and other leagues people are like oh man this guy didn't start jordan howard this week i'm like no one started jordan yeah. howard this week why would you start nobody jordan? should have no one should have i'm like literally like espn matthew barry whoever it was tweeted out like three percent of the world started jordan howard that's probably because they're in like a 20-man league or they're idiots yeah because you're like oh yeah let's go jordan howard I'm like no no one started jordan howard don't be that guy i almost guarantee that three percent also lost the games Probably. Like I don't think that I don't think Jordan Howard's output actually saved them. I think their team is so bad that they still lost. 
Yeah, that's, that'd be my guess. That's like, I don't, I don't even. That, that's like the one thing that bothers me about fantasy football. Is I think I'm like pretty good at fantasy football, but the guys who are just like, oh yeah, you didn't start Jordan Howard this week, like you idiots. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you're probably the same guy who's just like, oh Miles Sanders is such <laughs> a groovy start this week. I'm like, no, shut up. Like, let's move on. Yeah, so much of fantasy football is people just talking in post, like, oh, you should have known this, you should have known that. I was like, you didn't know that. I saw your team. I saw them lose. Shut the hell up. Those like, are the same people talking. Like, just like, he was available in 90% of the world's leagues. I'm like, why didn't you pick him yeah. up? Now, there are people who were dubbed, like myself. I went for uh, the the flyer pick because it didn't look like Jordan Howard was ever going to even be the number two running back, let alone the number one running back for the Eagles. So I was like, hey, hearing a lot of J.J. news, he's telling all the teams he's able to go. I was like, if he go like any team, anybody that signs him is going to put him in a position where he's going to be a running back one. Like that's the point of signing Jhi. So at the very least, it's worth a flyer. Let's do it. And Jordan Howard goes off for three touchdowns because that's what you want. You want Jordan Howard on your bench in that moment because then that tells you going forward you might have somebody. Everything he did before, if you were playing him after what he did, you know, the first three weeks of the season, you're an idiot. Like he didn't do anything. But be good to have him on your bench, and in my case, I had him. I held on. I waited. I waited. I waited. And finally, when I decided to move on, he gets three touchdowns because that's how fantasy football works. Uh, moving on down the list, let's talk Titans-Falcons. This is can interesting. We, can we just do a funeral for Matt Ryan and the Falcons? Can we just bury them? I'm done. We can. This is I, a- you, lo- you lose to Marcus Mariota and the Titans. You don't even just like lose to him. You get punked by the Titans. You had your one good year with the Patriots. You blew your 23 to... 28 to 3 lead, I'm sorry. And then, you know, you just get absolutely just smashed and you look terrible. Julio Jones is somehow irrelevant in this Matt Ryan led offense. Matt Ryan threw still for 400 yards. Fantastic. You get 10 points. Uh, well, you're going to just put your career in the ground as like one of the most meh to like above meh quarterbacks, I think, of all time. That should have been really fantastic. He had all the tools, never came together. At this point, it's too late. But uh, in my full-point PPR league, I am going to pat myself on the back. Started Austin Hooper over Jason Wooden. Nice. Solid. I still lost because I didn't have Saquon Barkley, but, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, uh, the Matt Ryan thing, especially right now, the, the hardest part is looking at this team. There's not an excuse anymore. I think other years you had a reason, you know, whether it be Julio getting hurt or, you know, Devontae Freeman went down and then you just had Tevin Coleman and... Now, you got Freeman out there, you got Julio, you got Calvin Ridley, you got Mohamed Sanu, Austin Hooper, like you said, was the only one who, uh, you know, just balled out in that game and it didn't really matter, and those excuses aren't there, and this used to be a team that, no matter how bad the defense was, the offense was good enough to just win games, whether they were truly going to be a Super Bowl contender, they won games with that unit, and then the only time they didn't was when there was some excuse that you could throw out there. Now, you're at full strength, you're losing to the Titans, you're one and three, there, there's just not an excuse anymore for you know who you can hang your hat on. Uh, I don't know what you do from there, I don't know if it's just, okay, we were good with this unit, with, uh, you know, uh, Shanahan as the offensive coordinator. Let's go and get a guy. Uh, but you should have already thought about that. You should have tried to go get a guy when Shanahan left. Like, I, I don't know what you do here and what the next move is for this organization, but they have to make moves because the, this is the end. This is, uh, just, there's nothing left for you to say, oh, we could tweak this, we could fix this. Uh, you're going to have to blow it up in some way. You know, like you're going to have to find something else. Uh, but I really want to talk about this game for the Titans. 
uh, because, you know, you, you put it all negatively. But right now, every team in the AFC South is 2-2. Two and two. And this Titan team, you know, we saw it week one, beat the crap out of a Browns team that came in with major hype. It looked like, okay, maybe this is the Titans that we all know it's there. Like, we can look at this offensive roster, and the defense is not bad. So you're like, this this should be able to be a good team. And then when you get the defense actually being one of the, you know, not just not bad, but pretty good, then the offense just bottoms out. And it just seems like the Titans can never get it all going at the same time. And that week one looked like maybe they'll do it. Nope. Next two weeks is the bad Titans that we know. Then you come in against the Falcons, and no matter all the negative things we said about the Falcons, the Titans won this game. This wasn't just a mistake-filled game from the Falcons that gave it to them. They came in, they got the job done, and then you see players like A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, who you know what they're capable of. You know they should be really, really good, and they don't produce week in and week out. And they start producing in a game like this, and you're like, if you can even get you know 80% of this on a week-to-week basis, you can win this shitty division. I don't know what I don't know how far you can go in the playoffs, but you can win this division. Derrick Henry in the backfield, uh, only three point seven yards to carry, but he doesn't stop chugging. He's going to keep beating the crap out of you, and he is going to win you some games just from the fact that he is a big monster that's hard to take down. And Marcus Mariota, when he makes the right decisions, he looks like a really good quarterback. He's also a quarterback who can run, get you first downs, and he has the pieces. It's crazy that we're this far in, and he's still having a hard time. You know reading his you know getting to his second read like it's I I don't know how you get there but if they look like they do this week I would argue they're the best team in the AFC South like if that's the team you get like if if you're looking what's the on their best day who is the best team in the AFC South I think I'm going with the Titans Bobby who do you think is the best team on their best day I'm still going to go with the Texans because I I can't even tell if Marcus Mariota is going to be a Titan next year because I think the team hasn't even committed to him. They're in the, still in that same Jameis Winston boat where Mariota has some very good days, and then some days it's just like, how are you a top-two pick in the NFL draft? And they even got Ryan Tannehill as a backup plan, so you could tell they weren't even all in on Mar- Marcus Mariota. And if I'm saying, who am I going to bet on on their best day, I'm going to take Deshaun Watson over any quarterback in this division. Maybe maybe. Bes- Maybe Gardner Minshew just because of the mustache, but we'll, we'll get just, to Minshew in a minute. Do we? Ha- we don't have to. Get we to have to. We don't have to. I have a whole thing planned. You, we, you have a whole thing planned. That's. I mean, it's like two. It's it's gonna be like forty five seconds, but it's there. Okay, so but it, I mean, if if the Houston Texans can get any you know semblance of an actual offensive line, or Marcus Mariota can just decide not to hold the ball for like sixty seconds every snap. This Texans team with that defense, with Hopkins, with Stills, with Fuller, with Watson, who is by far and away the most talented quarterback in this division, just slightly above Minshew, I should say, actually. (laughs) This team, to me, will be the one that, you know, just runs away with this division at 9-7. and Yeah, all right, so... I guess I could see that. And I've seen Houston, they're able to play the style of offense that gets you in the ranks of the Patriots on their best day, the Chiefs. Like it gets you in that kind of the Rams, you know, it's these teams that can put up 45 points with the, what seems like the, you know, the snap of their fingers. And so I see that. But also, even on their best day, 
Like, I don't know what the best day is that that offensive line isn't horrible. You know, mm-hmm. like, so when you have something where the defense, I don't think is that good. I think if, you know, if I'm picking, uh, it's not going to win you games. And then on the offense, that offense is able to play that at certain times, but they literally have to go up against bad defenses to do it. Like, that offensive line is so horrible that they're just going to allow Deshaun Watson to get killed. So them on their best day is still losing to good teams. I think this Titans team, with the way they're built and the way they look in in these type of games, I think that they can knock off a good team. I don't think they have to worry about on their best day still losing because Deshaun Watson gets sacked six times. You know, like I, I think the the Titans have enough and they have games where they can win in different styles. They can win throwing the ball down the field, three touchdowns from Marcus Marietta and not having the greatest game from Derrick Henry, but, you know, still got 100 yards. You also have the games where Derrick Henry, you know, it's a, it's a slugfest. You're you're not going to be a high-scoring game, and Derrick Henry is just going to keep running the ball down the opponent's throat, and you can hopefully come out with a victory. I think they can win in different fashions. Uh, it's just can they consistently get Marcus Mariota to, to not be a turnover machine, to actually look up and see when defenders are making it past his linemen. And it, if they're on their best day, I think that's a better team than what the Texans will be when the Texans just, they just don't have it on the offensive line. Like, there's there's no way around it, and there's going to be certain teams that are just better than you. Like, they're going to have the pass rushers to destroy Deshaun Watson. I'd go I'd go with the Titans, but could be wrong. So we're just, are, are we in agreement that we're both just burying the Colts after they lose to the Raiders? I think, yeah, I think Jacoby Brissett played a pretty damn good game, and there it wasn't good enough. You know, like, I, I think when you look at what the Colts are, are, you know, what their ceiling is, I'm not scared of them ever. They're playing competent football and losing to the Raiders. You know, it's like, they're, yeah, there were dumb plays that caused them to lose, but, like, it's not like they're, like, playing awful. They're playing pretty good you know, considering they lost their all-pro quarterback a couple weeks before the season started, and not even from injury, from something that's, like, emotionally going to, like, pull your team down, you know. Uh, I, I think that there's there's no reason to believe that even on their best day that they're a fight to, to you know, be at the top. And they might. They might just be the only team that's not bad enough to uh, end up winning this division. It might be the Titans and the Texans have so many bad days that the Colts win it. But, like, if I'm trying to pick somebody to win uh, an upset in the wild card round, it's not the Colts. Like, the, not this team. The Colts remind me of, like, that random guy named Bill in your office who's <laughs> been there for, like, 30 years, and he keeps talking about getting that promotion, and you applied for that promotion. And it's you and Bill, and you're just like, I'm sorry, Bill, I'm going to get this. I'm not even worried about you. I don't work with anyone named Bill. Don't try to, like, <laughs> put this as me hating some guy I work with named Bill. It's just a random guy named Bill. It's a point. There's, there's, there's a guy named Bill everywhere. So you're right. That this That is a person. I, I can see them. As as you describe them, uh, yeah, you're right. That's that's kind of where the Colts are right now, and it might win them the division though. Like, you know, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, Bill's not getting the promotion over you, but then they found photos of you on Facebook snorting some cocaine, and it's like, oh, you <laughs> you lost out, buddy boy. And it's like Bill Bill gets it by default. That might be where the Colts are getting the AFC South crown. Uh, so yeah, we talked about the AFC South for too long. They're awful. Uh, let's talk Browns Ravens. That's a fun one. Did you? No, Did you imagine we, we, that game we, we, going that way? We skipped over something real quick. Oh, what did we skip over? We skipped over something real quick. Last week, you told me we were not putting Miami Dolphins on the are, are they going to win watch. Yeah. And real quickly, I just want to ask you, are the Miami Dolphins going to win? I'm going to run down their schedule. And if so, when do you think they're going to win? Okay. So 
This is just their schedule coming up. It looks like they have a bye week, and then they got Redskins. Redskins, they win. No, I'm just <laughs> I mean that that could close. be could be a close it's game. Coin but flip. Coin flip, and then they got at Bills, at Steelers, Jets, at Colts, Bills, at Browns, Eagles, at the New Yorks, Bungles, and then at Patriots. Yeah, so that's I like if you ask me, are they going to win a game? I say yes. I mean, you just look at like. Uh, the, what's the opposite of murderer's row? Like, that's what they have next up. Their hardest team is the Bills, which, as we said, 3-1, and one, but uh, that that's the type of team that can find a way to lose an embarrassing game to the Dolphins. Uh, it is at home for, for Buffalo, so maybe not that one, but home versus the Redskins, that's a possibility. Uh, at Pittsburgh at this point is, I mean, as good as that game was for Pittsburgh, I'm still not getting them out of the... Uh, trash category right now. That was just because they were facing the Bengals. Uh, Jets, I mean, maybe by then uh, Sam Darnold can uh, come back from the kissing disease. Uh, then you got Colts. We just talked about it. Like, easily could be a team that, you know, just is not dominant enough to win. So th- there's a bunch of games there that I wouldn't say it's, it's not like winnable for it, it, it. Everything in the NFL is close to being. Uh, a win you know like there are things that can go wrong we've seen top teams lose to gutter trash so everything is sort of winnable and they actually have a bunch of games where those are not teams that are dominant and then obviously even if they just rattle off a bunch of losses and they're really close to going 0-16 when you have the Bengals second last week of the season See, uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because this is my hot take the Bengals and the Dolphins will both be double de- double defeated going into who, Week 16. Who does the Who do the Bengals face the the final week? The final week because because the, the Dolphins face the Patriots, which is just a loss. Even if the pa- Patriots will sit all of their starters and beat the Dolphins by like 15. So see the Bengals schedule goes Cardinals at Ravens, Jags, Rams, Ravens. At Raiders, Steelers, Jets, at Browns, Page. Ooh, they're playing the Browns last week of the season. Ooh, that's fun. So that, like that 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 like the joke is like both these teams suck, but they they have a very like meh chance of both being zero and fourteen going into that uh, week sixteen date. Yeah, man, that's that's crazy. Which you know you you had to bring in the the Bengals because. I'm still I'm still holding on. I think the Broncos right there. <laughs> Bronco. four. I'm not ready to I'm not ready to drop that bone. Although See, but they're gonna get the Drew Locke like rookie quarterback magic Ooh, that, garbage. That's fair. That that could it, that could help. As him. soon as Locke comes off IR, I'm assuming uh, Joe Flacco is gonna t- take his elite ass to the bench. Well, I mean, so elite, we, we we're gonna make two topics collide right now. Jaguars beat the Broncos 26-24, and I have to ask, After I, I, I can no longer tell if anybody's being sarcastic with all the, the Gardner Minshew love. Am I an asshole for pointing out that Joe Flacco played better than Gardner Minshew in that game? Uh, no, because Gardner Minshew will forever be a meme. I mean, I think he definitely got a little bit of help from uh, Leonard Fournette's 225 rushing yards. <laughs> a little yards. bit of help. I mean, he had just, a... Just a smidgen. A, a, smid, just a smidgen. A smidge help. Like, it wasn't much, but it was there. Leonard Fournette kind of just like showed up a little bit, didn't do much, but he 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 tried his best. That's all that matters to me. But uh, outside of Gardner Minshew's like fabulous, I believe it was third down and goal play where he just juked out the entire defense and then threw a uh, a dime to the corner of the end zone. 
for the Tutty. I mean, he's a good quarterback. Is he a NFL stud like the memes suggest? No. Is he a stud in the sense he's got a amazing porno look from like the 80s yes and he's got a little uncle rico vibe yeah sure why yeah, not I, I didn't watch the video that they did but i'm glad they did it i'm glad they oh, got yeah. together they got uncle rico out there sorry uh, espn countdown i'm never gonna get up on a sunday at 10 a.m to watch like you're just i don't even click on the twitter video i just look at I'm like oh there's uncle rico that's cool and um, then I don't take the time to actually watch it. I watched the 30-second, like, Twitter video of Uncle Rico doing, like, his passes in front of camera and then had Minshew <laughs> doing the same thing. But uh, Uncle Rico, man, I'm sorry. What, whatever happened to you, I'm sorry, man. You definitely look like you should be in, like, a nursing home. In fairness, he was always old, so he looked good for his age then. And, and then, then, now it, then it hit old. him hard. Yeah. And he's always, you know, he's always sort of been the old guy. You know, that was kind of the point of Uncle Rico is that he looks old i got a question uh, for you he's aged quickly i got a question for you can gardner Minshew throw a football over those mountains no but patrick mahomes did you know we don't why (laughs) we don't care about patrick mahomes on this podcast we're moving on we only care about patrick mahomes yeah i i welcome into the patrick mahomes hour here on the tell me more podcast i mean i live in kansas city area and all I see is Patrick Mahomes in like 17,000 different commercials. It's annoying. Sorry, Patrick Mahomes. I don't care about you on my high V commercial because you can't tell directions. You're stupid. That's that's bold. You're going to get us a lot of comments. We're going to get a lot of yeah. emails. Now, the comment is that you should never have non-actors in this many commercials where you need some <laughs> sort of acting. All right. So now that you're talking about Patrick Mahomes and we have to talk about the quarterback, uh, Dak Prescott, who is... Hereby declare it's superior to Patrick Mahomes by Sir Skip Bayless. All hail Skip Bayless. No, you didn't say all hail Skip Bayless. It's Drip Bayless because he's got so much swag. All hail Drip Bayless. So uh, Prescott's Cowboys uh, lost 12-10 to 10 to the Breezeless Saints team. Uh, that's all I wanted to say. Bobby, you can take the show wherever you want. I mean, we can take it to where if... Uh, I don't even know what to like, say about this game because I watched like the first half of it and then... Being in typical, you know, Cowboys fashion is 93 at halftime. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to go play Borderlands because that's the commitment I have to this podcast. I'm like, I'm not even going to watch this shitty game because I know I'm not even like bothered to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. I'm just going to admit I moved on from it as you all should have from this game. But I think we we saw the we saw the good of Dak Prescott with that Kellen Moore offense, and then we saw uh, a defensive coordinator just absolutely rob them of their lunch money and. Uh, Roughly, they should have robbed Dak Prescott of about twenty million dollars a year in this game. I'd say, yeah, yeah, it's, it's roughly. It's possible, but uh, somehow I feel like he's still going to get that money, and it's going to oh, be a train wreck. He's absolutely going to get that money, but as we uh, will forever shove down the six people who listen to their throat, uh, we are quarterback gurus. We understand <laughs> the position perfectly, and Dak Prescott is not that good. He is a. Uh, I, w- I would put Dak Prescott on Alex Smith's level of just madness, in my opinion, maybe because he just doesn't inspire anything for me. He's like, he can find a way to win like Alex Smith found a way to win. Dak Prescott is the proof of why Alex Smith was so good. Because Dak Prescott, and we, I, I said this, this is this is before Alex Smith left, so this is still me in full-fledged homer mode for Alex Smith. 
I was like, Dak Prescott plays like Alex Smith, but with like confidence. You know, it's like he can run and get you those first downs. Like he's not like the Lamar Jackson, like breakaway speed, but he's athletic enough that it's like straight line speed. We'll get you that first down real quick, then get down. Uh, he's his throwing down the field doesn't have the arm to ever just dominate as a deep passer, but can when he needs to accurately put the ball where he wants. There's just not going to be a lot of power on it. That's why Alex Smith doesn't throw it unless the wide receivers are wide open. Dak Prescott has the confidence to make those throws. The problem is he doesn't have the ability, so often it backfires. Dak Prescott so much paralleled Alex Smith, the main difference being Alex Smith decides, I know I can't make that throw. I'm not dumb enough to make that throw. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to it. A lot of people are mad at him for it. Dak Prescott, he got the glory when it worked for a couple weeks. Then you face a team like the Saints, and it blows up in your face, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, so that's the real Dak Prescott, and that is proof in the pudding why Alex Smith was smart. It wasn't just, I'm checking down, and I'm not good enough. Like He knew what he was capable of doing. He played within himself, and that's how he got his team to win. Dak Prescott sometimes tries to play a little bit further than that, tries to play to that $20 million mark, and he's not there, and uh, it looks bad. And he has all of the necessary tools around him that he can't just blame whoever else. You know, like he can't say, oh, it's because, like, I don't I don't have, you know, Ezekiel Elliott as my running back. Like, he, there's no excuses for you, Dak. Not do, working. Do you know that, like— But he's better than Patrick Mahomes, uh— Skip Bayless told me so. Yeah, he is. But uh, do you know that meme where it's just like, can I steal your homework? Like, yeah, just but you change it up a little bit. That's Alex Smith and Dak Prescott. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty accurate. Uh, can we move on to next week already? Because I see some fantastical game that I, w- I want to talk about this right now. I'm going to put you on the spot right now yeah. as Bobby's hypothetical sports picks because this thing is too juicy to move on from. You have the Cardinals at the Bengals. I want you to hold on to that thought. You wanted me to hold on because I... Because I, one, I hate you for picking shitty games that now I have to pay attention to <laughs> because we put a bet on it. But first, there's one game we can't miss because we talked about it last week and we need an update. We do need an update? Because we talked about whether we'd take Kirk Cousins or Mitch Trubisky. And we watch, answer, a, we watch a Bears game where the answer is Chase Daniels. The, that's what I was about to say. The answer is Chase Daniels, and you still only put up 16 points. You know what's great is you're still saying his name wrong, and I love it. I don't know if you're doing it on purpose, but it's funny. It's Chase Daniel. Yeah, but you said you had the S there the first time. It's like one of those things where it's like San Diego Chargers. It's, if you have your name that's like yeah. Daniel, I'm always going to say Daniels. Yeah, that's fair. I stop myself and I, I have to look first and figure it out. Uh, and I watched him in Missouri, so like I, I've seen him enough that I should just have the name right. It's just really hard. Uh, but yeah, and then you have a Kirk Cousins, so you have like that that S in there that you know you're just like yeah, Trubisky. It's got an S for no reason. And, and then you like, got Stefan Diggs. Just uh, just that whole game, you're just like throw, throw an S on the end of the name. It makes more sense. So yeah, uh, I I think that. Uh, that was that was a strange one because it's not like Chase Daniel like did everything amazing, but Dude, wasn't his you, you like QBR? Wasn't his QBR like an eighty three? Uh, I haven't actually pulled that up yet. Let me uh try to grab that and check. But like he, I mean, he did in terms of big stats, he didn't do that much. Uh, QBR seventy nine point nine. So did what he needed to do. Took what was there. Got just enough out of David Montgomery running the ball, and they knew that. Uh, 16 points was enough to beat this Vikings team that uh, just could, you know, Kirk Cousins can't get the ball in the end zone. Even he put up 233 yards. So (laughs) it just, he gets to the red zone and shut down. Like that's, that's just what he does. 14.8 QBR for Kirk Cousins. 
crazy. So he's slinging the ball. 27 of 36, 233. This is where, these are the moments where I can trust QBR. Either they're going in and penciling it in and post and cheating, or that algorithm is working. Because <laughs> those stats don't tell me 14.8. Like, like that's not what the stats say. Like, old school. QB rating, 91.5. That's, that's what the quarterback rating is for Kirk Cousins in that game. QBR seems a little more accurate, wouldn't you say? It, like, I would say for that is, but uh, I think uh, Kirk Cousins a few years ago was championed as, like, this guy got a fully guaranteed contract. Like, he is going to change the NFL, like – couple of years later like congratulations nfl players your champion was kirk cousins he <laughs> failed you now you will never ever get fully guaranteed contracts because <laughs> now the vikings are just stuck with him for another year even though this is a really good football team you had adam thielen like trying to very nicely tell like kirk cousins like you suck bro like get off our team but he couldn't directly say that but we all knew what he was saying did you see the the meme that was like adam thielen says that uh we might as well play my wife at quarterback. And it's like, people took it as real. And it's like, it might as well have been real. Cause I mean, he didn't say those words, but that's what I heard when he was talking in that interview. <laughs> like he might as well have said that shit. Uh, like, yeah, no, it's, it, it's pretty bad. And that's another one, you know, when we're talking about quarterbacks. It's, I, I think sometimes quarterbacks are like misjudged, you know, like you don't take enough into account the offensive line being bad, not having the receivers, this and that, like, Everything about this team is good except Kirk Cousins. <laughs> like that's a that's a freaking problem. Like it, it, he should not be this bad. And it would be maybe if he was just losing games where it was like a last minute interception. You know, it's like big gun Kirk Cousins wants to make a big play and it backfires. He's not even losing games like Matt Stafford. Like he's just <laughs> chucking the ball down the field everywhere except in the red zone, and they can't put points on the board. Like it's. It, it it's nuts and yeah they're they're stuck with it there's not a lot of ways out who's in a worse situation the vikings with kirk cousins or the eagles with nick Foles? the wait the jags, or not that, jags with nick, sorry my bad uh the, uh the i'd say the vikings because they were a super bowl contender and you could say about blake bortles with the jags i think that jags like was just a one-off when you but we're i'm god why do i always have to like defend Nick Foles you do this to me on purpose well in this in this case I'm not even saying Nick Foles bad but he's injured he costs you know 20 million that you know yeah. he's not worth the 20 million and now you actually have a guy as opposed to the Vikings where they're like we should just get rid of him so we can see what else we can get I the, think the Jags or at least most of the world now believes Gardner Minshew's the guy I still have my <laughs> doubts uh but it, when you have that guy for 400k and you're not even getting the benefit of a you know average to above average quarterback play from a guy who's not making real money. Uh, you don't get the benefits because Nick Foles is taking up that cap room. So which one's worse, like the Vikings knowing what they have and being stuck with it, or the Jags who are still probably going to be like, do we put Nick Foles back in? Like, do we pull? Like, at what point does Gardner Minshew like Nick Foles is healthy and Gardner Minshew what throws like three interceptions? Like, what's the point where you put Minshew back in the game? And then what the hell do you do f with Nick Foles from thereafter if Minshew is actually the guy? I mean, you're you always the better situation is always having a guy at least because if even if Gardner they, Minshew, they always say two quarterbacks means you have zero. Yeah, but, but of course the Vikings have negative one yeah, quarterback. Yeah, so they have negative quarterbacks. It, uh, it's kind of like the uh, Tom Brady, Drew Bledsoe situation. Not exactly the same, but, you know, they had to decide between, you know, an all-pro and Bledsoe and the young gun and Brady, and they went with Brady. Even though Bledsoe had that, you know, record $100 million contract at the time, it didn't matter because you start the better player. Even So if Minshew, you know, I'm not saying he's next Tom Brady, which every meme lord thinks he is, but if Minshew is, you know, an 
top 10 quarterback when Foles comes back. I'd rather have a top 10 quarterback and a $22 million backup instead of a $30 million backup playing in Minnesota. All right, that's fair. I'll go with you on that one. Uh, Now we can get to uh, week five and some of those bets that are going to ruin my life. Did you you go back and check who won anything? Because I didn't go back and check who actually, what the, the difference was the week before when we said we'd go check the tape. And... Yeah, I didn't check any of this one because we did bets throughout the podcast. You just start, like, whenever we talk <laughs> about a team, you're like, oh, let's just do it now. And it's like, I'm not going back to find those. We're going to pretend I did, and we're just going to say we're even for the season because uh, I had quite a uh, depressing weekend and then a very busy Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> so because I was lazy, we're just going to push everything <laughs> for the season and assume. I, I believe Started zero. I believe you were three of three of five. So okay. So at the very five. least, you you, you might have been up to one or two. Yeah, I'm so. basically giving up a dollar because I was lazy, and now um, plus I still owe you fillet of fish for the the bets on Justin's uh, radio and show. Does, so does Justin owe me a fillet of fish? I think we both owe you two fillet of fish. Okay, that's what I. See, so you got four filet of fish to eat. I think you lost this bet. Now that I think about it, yeah. The the thing <laughs> I was I was thinking about that as as you uh, left my house is like, wait a second. You I didn't plan this very well. Yeah, I was just like, maybe I could stagger it out somehow. But no, no we're I'm bringing like, them all yeah, at the same time. That's why I was just like, next. I'm a uh, wow. For some reason, I opened up Microsoft Word to actually keep track of this, and it was zoomed into like ten percent. So that's that's uh, Microsoft Word. How dare you betray me? But we're moving on. Bobby's <laughs> up four fillet of fish. I'm gonna have you know high cholesterol and a heart attack on his next podcast. But fillet of fish is one of the healthiest things you can eat at McDonald's. It. I mean, <laughs> I can't tell if that's serious or not because it's McDonald's. But at the same time, I could believe it. And this is not. We usually bet the Thursday night game first. But we were talking about the uh, defeated Bengals, and we got the 0-3 Cardinals against the 0-4 Bengals. I'm just going off the ESPN line because it's going to be a little easier, a little bit more consistent. The got the, For some ungodly reason, the Bengals are minus three at home, probably because when you're at home, you get three free points. So this is basically them saying it's a coin flip game. So Mac, I'm going to let you decide on this gem. Who do you have? Sorry, I'm trying to get week five opened up, and my internet decided to uh, be crappy right now. Uh, what was well, the game? Well, we're talking, wait, we're, we need we need to we need to have a side note. Usually, when I try to load the internet and it doesn't work, it's because my laptop's bad. So I just want to take a moment. You're saying sometimes it is the internet is just bad. There's always an occasion it happens. Okay, I'm gonna take my. But look. if I'm putting in order of reliability, <laughs> it's my MacBook. The internet, your computer. It's it's a, I don't know what it is. It's two one. It's a very nice laptop though. It's not the worst, but let's not pretend it's amazing, Bobby. Macs aren't that good. Apple has shitty products, and I have an iPhone. Once again, uh, they don't have that many shitty products. The worst thing they have now is getting rid of the headphone jack. Uh, otherwise, and they made their own credit card that you can't put in a wallet. I can tell you, once I don't have that. All I know is I have <laughs> MacBooks and iMacs superior than 90% of the computers you're going to buy. Unless you're building it yourself and you're going to be that guy. Don't come in and tell me your all right, computer's we're, we're, we're moving on. That's all from, the tech that we have for this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're moving on from Apple versus non-Apple. So this is, this is Cardinals and... Uh, Cardinals. You got the Cardinals at the Bengals. The Bengals are minus three for some ungodly reason. Like I said, that's probably because they're just at home and you get three free points when you're at no. home. Uh, I, 
Man, it's at home. Cardinals haven't been good. I but the Cardinals have fought in games where the Bengals just kind of rolled over and died this last week. Man, I'll go Cardinals just because I'd rather watch the Cardinals be good than the Bengals just win a home game like in this crappy trash fire of a game. I'll go Cardinals. I'd like to see Kyler Murray do good. Okay, and then uh, we're just well, we're, we're gonna roll back to the. I third. bet with my heart. You bet with your heart and soul, and we're gonna roll back to the uh, Thursday night game. It is. This is actually it, on paper. It should be a third, uh, good Thursday night game, which they usually never are. You got the Rams at the Seahawks. The Seahawks are minus one. I it is a quality matchup. We never know whether the game will be good. Yes, it, but usually it's not even a quality matchup. No, usually not. So I mean. Um, it's the Rams against the Seahawks. Seahawks at home. Seahawks are minus one. I'm going to go with the Seahawks because I never can trust Jared Goff on the road. And that defense just gave up 55 to Winston. And if you give up 55 to Winston, you should, in theory, give up about, like, 38 to Russell Wilson. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm, I'm fine with having the, the Rams. I think that's a, that's a tough game because the Rams got to get it together, you know. They have to, like, you lose to the Buccaneers, and no matter how you feel about that Buccaneers team, just embarrassing to have the game play out the way that it did. I think the Rams definitely come in more focused, but hard place to play in Seattle. Oh. Russell Wilson, always second half, uh, just ninja for me in fantasy football. Just every time I'm watching, I'm like, no fantasy points, no fantasy points. <laughs> and by the end of the game, Russell Wilson uh, has saved me. And yeah, that's going to be a tough one, but I, I don't feel as bad knowing I'm, I'm left with the Rams there. I think that it's going to be a tough game, and I, I think they, they might be able to pull that one out. What the, what's the next one you got on the list for us? Well, as I always do, I just scroll down the list of the games as they show up as times, and uh, the Chiefs are Sunday night, so the next game we are betting on is actually the Patriots. Wait, let me see. Actually, I might be. Never mind. I lied to you. You get the fantastic uh, now segment of Bears over under. <laughs> it's the Chicago Bears at the Oakland Raiders. Oh. The over-under is 40 and a half. And if you would like to confirm I'm not cheating or anything, the Bears and Raiders is ahead of the Patriots Redskins in the ESPN lineup. No, I mean, you can pick them however you want to pick them. I, I'm not worried I, about I, that. I just, I just go down the line for fairness, so we're not picking yeah, like, the no, same teams every No, week. I get that, and you can do it however you're going to do. I'm, I'm not going to like try to call you out on when you put them in order. I just want you to pick five games and, you know. The fairness is jumping back and forth. I don't I don't really carry the way. We're, try, we're trying to get even number of, like, you picked five games – I get three picks as like the benefit yeah. for you getting to pick the five games. I don't care what order you put them in. Um, yeah, uh, over under. This is so tough because you know as soon as I thought it was a lock every time for that under, Bears decided to put up thirty the last time, and this Raiders team is bad enough to let the Bears put up thirty. Uh, but that sixteen to six game, it's just scarred in my brain. Uh, God, I'll take the under. I already ha- I was already typing out under for you because there's no you know where I'm there, at. There's zero way. Chase Daniels or Trubisky puts up like 20 plus and somehow this Raiders team puts 20 plus up on the board. I was thinking more like the Bears just come in. The Raiders are so dysfunctional that the Bears score a couple defensive touchdowns and by the time the game's done it's 30 to like 12 or something. Like that that was that would be my my alternative, but I also a uh like 18 to 10 performance seems uh in the in line here for uh, what to expect with these two shitty teams. I mean, I I don't doubt it. I'm going to, a little side note, if, we're just going to say, if Trubisky starts versus 
if Daniel starts, who puts up more points against this Oakland team? Ooh. And, and we're going, we're not like ba- what the Bears put up. We're going what the offense puts up, right? Correct. I'd probably, I'd probably go Trubisky. I feel like. Well, as I'm saying that, it's likely Trubisky's out. Well, I'm just saying, like, I think with Chase Daniel, you're more likely to get a very steady performance that over the course of the game, they'll score enough on offense. They'll put the Raiders in a situation where they need to move down the field, and I think there will be the chance for some defensive touchdowns slash some field goals where the the Raiders turn it over uh, on their own side of the field and put the Bears in good situations. I think the Bears will start chipping away and getting some uh, some field goals, but I, I could see a game where the, the defense uh, scores for them, and then they also just kind of run out the clock to keep it a low-scoring game. Uh, with Trubisky, there's always the potential that he comes out and doesn't look as horrible as he's looked most games, and they can put up some points on the board offensively. So I would say Trubisky has a, the higher chance there, but they have a better chance of winning with Chase Daniel in a more low-scoring game. So that, w- that would be how I would describe that, and Chase Daniel's in. I'm glad I took the under. And, uh, okay, so we're actually going to have a bonus six game this week because I, I, I see a juicy one. I'm going to let you pick it, but you're going you're gonna to know exactly the reason why I want this game on the docket too. Okay. But uh, we're going to save that for last. And uh, next up is the Patriots at the Redskins. I I somehow got it doesn't really matter because the last two games you're gonna understand why we're gonna have them on the docket. But the Patriots are minus fifteen in Washington. Uh, I'm just gonna go with the Patriots minus fifteen on this one. I I always say don't take the points, or take the points rather. Don't take that many points negative or however you want to say it. Uh, that is a bunch of points in the NFL, but uh. If uh, the Giants can shut out the Redskins, I believe it was three points. I believe this Patriots defense can at least hold them to ten, whatever it may be. Yeah, I it's not the not the worst pick. Um, I'm I'm okay with holding the points and see what happens. Um, and uh, I, I I don't even know why I need to ask if who you're going to pick in this spread. The next up is the Sunday night game. You got KC. In KC against the Colts, the Chefs are minus ten and a half. Are they going to be cooking up a dub for you? Eleven's uh, enough that I can just like take the. I could take the Colts and feel fine and be like, oh, Chiefs could win comfortably and still be a, you know, still. I'm going to take the Chiefs in the points. I just yeah. I don't I don't want to have to. I, I don't even want to be in the position of rooting against them in any sort of capacity. So I, already, I, I want the Chiefs to beat them by 30. I, so. already, I already had you marked down. But cool. then, then we're going to loop back around to this gem because I saw this late. I wasn't even going to bet on it, or we weren't even going to bet on it. But this is such a dumb game, and it's just a, a god-awful spread. I'm going to let you pick this because it would be unfair if I pick this gem. You got the New York Jets at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are minus 13 and a half. Uh, did we did we get a kissing update on Sam Darnold? I believe he's still kissing and still out. Uh, ah, ah, yeah. Why'd you do this? Yeah, no, no one wants to watch that game. Now you have to like at least load it up on ESPN at halftime. Uh, Jet, I'll, I'll take Jet, the Eagles. Here, yeah, here's the ESPN headline from Google: Jets made the delayed decision on Sam Darnold until Sunday, so there is a slight chance he plays. It seems like. I don't care. I'll take the Eagles. Yeah, I figured. But I just saw them like, oh, that's such a gross game. Who wants to actually watch that game of Carson Wentz actually maybe playing good or he just turns back into a pumpkin? Who knows? But uh, are there any other juicy games you want to look at this weekend? I mean, uh, 
You got the Bucks against the Saints. I think that should be a pretty good divisional game. But once again, uh, we're talking about Carson Wentz turning back into pumpkin. I'm somehow, some way, Jameis Winston will score negative points for the Buccaneers. Also, all Saints games at this point just look like they're going to be like 15 to 12, like shit fest until who, Breeze gets back. Who would have thought that's just like, oh, they're playing that Saints defense? No way they're going to score like 21. Who would have thought that like three years ago or even two years ago? So, yeah, it's crazy. We we were talking about this with Breeze out, where it's like, if you could guarantee they're going to make the playoffs, do you think they're like, still Super Bowl contender would still pick him? And you you know, you know had him in the Super Bowl, or you had him winning, and I had the Chiefs winning, and we both had the same teams in yeah. the Super Bowl. But, like... And then I bought in the Cowboys for yeah. about a week. <laughs> so the, the, the Saints right now, are they somehow a better pick than they've been? Like, if you're imagining, like, you never know with a thumb... Thumb surgery, when Drew Brees is going to get back, can they keep winning these games and whatever. But right now, there's a potential that Drew Brees comes back from thumb surgery. They don't have to rush him back. They're still in a position where not only can they win the division handily, they could possibly still get a bye week slash home field advantage. They're 3-1 right now without Drew Brees. And the defense playing at this level, do they now look like even a better contender than we thought they were going into the season? Because if Drew Brees doesn't have a hiccup coming back from the injury, if he's fine and starts playing the way we know he plays, with this defense playing that way, that that kind of looks like a juggernaut. Like, that looks like a pretty good team. Like, I don't know who else in the NFC I'd put my money on. I mean, when you have the Packers, you have the Bears, and you have the Cowboys, they're all 3-1. and one. And, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is going to have one of those dumb games or a couple dumb games. You only scored, you know, 12 points. That's not going to get you very far in the NFL many weeks, and he's obviously not going to score 12 points every week, excuse me. But even looking at this Buccaneers game, I could see the Saints somehow losing this game because Teddy doesn't have a great game. He but in, in fairness, they should lose every game that doesn't have Drew Brees. I mean, they probably should have lost the past two weeks if it wasn't for that, uh, you know, the punt return touchdown and the fumble return touchdown a couple weeks ago. They probably didn't win that game. If the Dak Prescott is any sort of competent on that offense, they probably lose against the Cowboys and we're having a completely different conversation. So I still can't bet on... Drew really is coming back and saying this is a Super Bowl team because I think they are going to be a three or four seed, and that's going to be very hard to come back from. We saw how Drew Brees fell apart at the end of last season because he was old. So maybe this is his body falling apart. Maybe it was a freak accident. We're probably leaning towards more freak accident. 100% freak accident. Yeah, like the, but you got you got to put that narrative in there now. Is no, like, is Drew I, Brees old now? So if anything, I'll take your narrative and I'll spin it. He's in the positive. Fresh. He's fresh. He's fresh. If, he, if the problem is him losing it at the end of the year, now he gets a little bit of break early on. Somehow they keep winning games, and he gets to come in. And like I said, it's not likely, but I mean, if they win this game against the Bucks here, and you know, uh, how long is he supposed to be out? Because it, it, he's getting closer. Like it's it's getting closer to that that original time frame they give, which you can never really trust that. But like, if he makes it back, and they're still a team that's you know what, like they're like five and two even. They can make a run and potentially forget three or four seed. They could get that bye week. Like it, it could happen, and that that's a that's a crazy place to be. Considering I was just wondering whether they'd keep themselves in the running so that Drew Brees could make the run to get them to the playoffs. You know, and with that defensive play in the way it is, Alvin Kamara uh, just being lights out, and so you know what he's capable of. You don't even need Drew Brees to come back and you know be this amazing quarterback you just need him to be better than Teddy Bridgewater so I I think they're in a good position we'll, that's why that Buccaneers game it is important because we didn't expect them to uh 
even be able to put up that 55 points. So uh, Buccaneers, if they can score a little bit against the Saints, they can get themselves a victory here. Or it'll be like we've been seeing where the Saints just turn this into uh, the ugliest football game you can imagine, and they'll find a way to win. Uh, going down the list, there is one that I do want to talk about for a second. Raven Steelers. This is becoming the trend now. The Ravens started out on fire. Lamar Jackson looking amazing. We had this conversation two weeks in a row. You were telling me, uh, that the the Ravens should be in the category of the Chiefs and the Patriots now uh, not quite looking that way and going up against a Steelers team that looked like they were left for dead all of a sudden this last week Mason Rudolph starts throwing big boy throws starts looking like maybe I mean I'm not going to say that he's a great quarterback but from the beginning we weren't sure what he was capable of now he's at least making throws we were like okay that's an NFL player back there uh we can see what he's going to do this week against the Ravens, but the Ravens now are going into Pittsburgh. They need to win this game. This is a team that was becoming a favorite, and now they are in a desperate situation. And I don't know what to do because Lamar Jackson, he's not having uh, really bad games. You know, he's just that they're having a tough time putting it all together and coming away with the win. The defense is all nicked up, and it, they're in a tough spot right now where two and two, they could easily be, you know, three and one, but they're not. And uh, th- th- this, is a, this is a tough game. I wouldn't have thought the Steelers facing anybody. I thought they were just uh, done for. And now they, they're not going to be able to make a run this year, but you know those Steelers players want to ruin the Ravens. Like if they can be one of the reasons the Ravens uh, don't make the playoffs, uh, they'll, they'll be happy with that. So uh, that, that, this, is, uh, this is an interesting game for me that otherwise I would have thought going in wouldn't have mattered much. You know, for the lifelong listeners last year when I wasn't buying in on Patrick Mahomes and I kind of sounded like an asshole, the Ravens and the Cowboys are exactly why I don't buy into things right <laughs> Cause away. Because you, you look like an asshole? Yeah, because I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be a little, I'm not going to be that kind of like asshole. It's just like, no, this team's no good. Everyone's trash. I'm like, you know what? They look good. I'm going to buy into them. I'm going to talk about how good they are. And then they turn into trash. And then I'm just like, you know what? This is why I don't say teams are good instantly. But uh, maybe you should just pick better battles. Stop jumping on the Nick Foles train and Gardner Minshew and start did, picking good quarterbacks. Don't don't ever say I jumped on Nick Foles' train. Don't don't put me in that boat. Don't 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 take that little. You blow. we talked about Nick Foles for too long because you just love saying that little old phrase, and that 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 put us in a tough position. And then now you you had said too much ironically about Nick Foles being good that when I finally trashed Nick Foles for getting 20 million going to the Jags you had to try to be the rational one it was like yeah. now it's too much Nick Foles love you're the Nick Foles guy Ugh, it's but, a but I, hashtag Bobby G loves Nick Foles uh, we're, we're, hashtag we're, it y'all we're gonna take the initiative we had a bonus six game we're gonna have an extra bonus seventh game this week because <laughs> I am a hundred percent a million percent putting my house and my I just got a brand new fence so like my house actually doesn't look decrepit now nice so I'm not only am I putting my house on the Ravens I'm putting said new fence on the Ravens minus three okay I'm really only putting two dollars on it though. okay yeah just making sure I was waiting if you didn't <laughs> say anything contractually you would owe me yeah you're house. gonna be like all right Bobby the the Steelers only lost by two uh where's the deed to the house yeah and the trade-off is like you bet your house I bet my house I don't have a house so yeah that I was ju- I kind of just moving that the was apartment. a pretty good bet I, I that's those aren't yeah, equal uh, in rights basically you just gave yourself a bet where only you could lose something so that's on you that's not that's not my fault I you mean that, get a that lawyer was that was before you come onto this pod that was basically me saying the Cowboys were good like no matter what <laughs> I was losing that bet no matter what <laughs> all right so 
Uh, I hit all the the notes uh, I wanted to for the NFL right now. Uh, I I don't know if you have anything real quick before I mean, we get the, on out of here. The the new weekly bit is uh, how are kickers going to screw me out of winning money, and if it's going to happen again, I'm just going to lose my mind. Uh, so I mean, get ready for it. We did miss one thing that's very very important. Oh, I'm I'm looking at it. Are you? Am I? So let me know. Is Are the Chargers for real? Nope. We, we buried that bit. It's we done. We never bury it. We buried it. Like the Undertaker. It's going to keep coming back from the dead. No, maybe we can, be, we can maybe bring it back if they lose the Broncos, the but p- we're, we're moving on. They they just beat the, uh, what was the game last week? The so they, Dolphins? They beat the Dolphins 30-10. to 10. Back. They're, they're for real again. No, the only thing, no, the, the bit's not back the, yet. The, the new photo is going to be the Undertaker's hand coming out of the grave. Like, that's literally what it's going to be. You, we, neither of us had made a sarcastic tweet about the Chargers yet. You can't bring it back. It's already back. So that's it. That's all we have for this episode of the NFL Show on the Tell Me More podcast. Later, guys. Later, guys.